0: One of the things he said to me this morning is, if that you, if you have never ran, or if you've never danced, or which, whatever it is that you know in your heart you need to do for the first time, and I'd say if you never ran, you do need to. Hallelujah! Breaks something off of you, I can tell you. Breaks an old crust off of you. Hallelujah! I don't know why. I can't tell you why. The Lord said to set a time. Set a time, like owner before July 15th. Owner before, you know. I'm going to go ahead and step out there and hallelujah. And then believe God to make an opportunity. Hallelujah. And the opportunity is when you think of it. When it comes into your mind, that is when you step out. That is, that's in anything. That's in anything. When it comes into your mind, that's your opportunity. You know, if you're sitting there and you think, "I I ought to put a check up the front or something. When it comes into your mind, That is your opportunity. Well, this morning, I had written a check out early in the week for my tithe. I forgot I wrote that check out. So this morning in my office, I wrote another check out. And then I saw, oh, I got two checks. And I thought, oh, I'll give this one tonight. I should have known the Holy Ghost would, you know. So I'm sitting there and, oh, you know that check in your purse that you went ahead and made out? Okay, go go ahead and bring that up here. Hallelujah. So thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And then the Lord said something else. That some of you have ran before, have danced before, have given five hundred, have given a thousand before. But he said this, he said, if it's been over a year or even over six months, you're stuck. It's time for you to do it again. You somehow got stuck again and you didn't keep the flow going. Because like Pastor said this morning, the flow is supposed to keep going. Hallelujah. Flow's supposed to keep going. Glory to God. So, some of you need to act again. Some of you sitting there, I just know this by the Holy Spirit, and you're saying, I've done that before. I don't need to do anything. But you do. Because you're stuck. Hallelujah. It's not just up to the pastor. You know, I noticed this morning and in meetings before that when someone obeys God, it's like a catalyst, and then that causes somebody else to obey God, and it's just the key that they need. You know, I know what Miss Nell said this morning. She had a word from heaven this morning. What she said was, I've had a couple of prayers that hadn't gotten answered, and I hadn't been praising God with my whole heart because of it. I've been praising him, but I hadn't been praising him with my whole heart. I think that was a word to some other people in the congregation that hadn't been praising him with their whole heart. Hallelujah. So praise God. So we're being changed. We're being transformed. The Holy Spirit is visiting us. Thank God He loves us not to let us stay in where we're at. Thanks God He loves us enough that He gets us unstuck when we get stuck. Amen. And if you're doing the very same thing you did last year and the very same thing you did three months ago, you're stuck and you need to get unstuck. And you've got to act. Faith is an act. Amen. So I'm going to ask some questions tonight. And just about your finances, and specifically finances, but you can apply this to other areas. Do you ever feel like, no matter how hard you work at something, it doesn't seem to ever change? Have you ever felt that way? Don't say yes or no. Number two, do you ever feel like you're in a rut? Hallelujah. Maybe spiritually, you feel like you're in a rut. Feel like, you know, your, your prayer time's not fresh. Your time with God's not fresh. Hallelujah. One thing about it, we ought to be fresh. It ought to be exciting. Even our personal time with God should be exciting. God should be talking to us. He is talking to us, but we should be hearing Him. And we should be getting fresh things from the throne of God. And hearing God is exciting. Amen. And knowing things by the Holy Ghost is exciting. Amen. You know, one thing that I didn't see, now I didn't see this, but I know it, is that there were angels up here tonight. I'm sure there is all the time, but I was just aware of it tonight that there was an angel on this side and there was an angel on this side. And angels come to church. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Angels come to church and angels minister in church. I know one time an angel walked through a wall with Joe Morris and was carrying a heart, a new heart. And a lady got a new heart in one of his meetings. Hallelujah. And so there's angel. That's something I knew tonight. And when I know something by the Holy Ghost, it's exciting. Hallelujah. And just to feel the unction of the Spirit is exciting. Hallelujah. And so our prayer time, our time with God should be exciting. We are not supposed to be in a rut. And we can be in a rut financially. If you're making the same, if your finances are the same, if nothing's changed, you hadn't paid anything off, you're still just living month to month, you're in a rut. Hallelujah. And so we've felt like that before. And sometimes nothing's changing in our body. And we've been believing God for a while. We're in a rut. We need a breakthrough. We need to break out into something. There can be hindrances. The devil can bring blockages. He can bring hindrances. But there's a way around that. Jesus has defeated the devil And there's a way through And the way through we're going to find that out And another question Have you ever felt like this Because I know I have had this one before And I've even said these words to pastor Concerning church finances Concerning personal finances And I know you've probably said it before Things cannot go on like this They cannot continue to be like this Something's got to change Have you ever felt like things just cannot go on like this, something's got to change? Does it ever feel like the blessings are blocked? And have you ever wondered, what is it that is blocking my blessing? I know I believe, I know that I've heard the word of the Lord. Maybe you've even had a prophetic word. You've had a prophetic word. You know God has already bought and paid for your right to be blessed. Even maybe saying the right thing. Hallelujah, not making any bad confessions, yet you feel like something's blocked here. And you think, what is blocking my blessing? And then you think, what do I do about it? Well, I want to tell you some things tonight, and I believe they'll help you. Turn to Deuteronomy. Glory Glory to God. Hallelujah, we love the Word. The Word is always the answer. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. The word is always the answer. Your answer is always in the word. It says, and it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments which I command thee this day that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. And so we have here the number one key to getting unblocked, to getting your blessings flowing. And he tells us here that we have to hearken to what he says to do and to obey. When you have blocked blessings... Or maybe not blocked, but just not coming in fast enough. (laughs) You need to obey what God has told you to do. You need to listen to him. He said you have to hearken. That means listen with the intent to hear and to obey. That doesn't mean a casual listener that comes to church and kind of is vaguely in and out of a little sleep. You know, but it's somebody that's listening. You know, you you can listen between the lines. You can hear what others don't hear. I'll tell you when you're hearing when others don't hear. is like this morning when pastor said he was talking about $500. And then he said, what you see and hear is what you're supposed to do. See, there was a connection. So what had we just heard? $500. So what you see and hear is what you're supposed... See, and some people are not listening. Because you're listening. I've come this morning, Father, to hear you. And you can't have this selective hearing like your children have sometimes. You know, your children hear what they want to hear. If you're saying, Colin, come empty the trash... That's my oldest son. Colin, come in. Empty the trash. He can't hear. Colin, supper's ready. Hallelujah. He can hear. Did your kids ever have selective hearing? Well, God's kids sometimes have selective hearing. We've got to be willing to hear what we don't want to hear. We've got to be willing to hear give. We've got to be willing to hear repent. We've got to be willing to hear you're wrong about that we got to be willing to hear. We ought to be desiring to hear. Why? Because we want to be in that flow of blessings. God's kids ought to be the kind of kids that I, I want to obey. Lord, just tell me something to do. Just tell me something to do. Oh, God, what can I do? Hallelujah. Instead of, oh, God, don't tell me anything to do. Oh, God, I don't want. Oh, God, I've been there. I've been there. When I went to a service and, and maybe the preacher said, somebody has a tongue or interpretation, I was like, oh, God, don't give me one. I mean, I have been there when I felt that way. Oh, God, no, 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 not in this church, not, not here, because I wouldn't feel that way here. But I've been in other churches, because I used to be, I couldn't get up in front of my peers. And I still have some churches, I could tell you, if, if God gave me my druthers, I'd druther not in that church give a word. But we ought not to be that way. We ought to be willing to hear and willing to be used of God. And that's what causes the blessings to flow. And the number one, the reason your blessings aren't flowing right now is because you're not obeying. You're not obeying. And so right now, right now, hallelujah, look at Deuteronomy twenty-eight fifteen, 15, then I'll tell you the right now. But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments. This is not just talking about, well, I don't commit adultery. This is doing what he says do. Because it's not just his commandments, but it's his voice also to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. See, the disobedience blocks the blessing or allows the devil. It's not that God says, okay, they weren't, dis- they weren't obedient. No, God always wants to bless you, whether you're obedient or not. He always wants to bless you. But disobedience allows the devil to get in and block your blessing. And obedience just causes you to just step over the devil. He may be there trying, but it's like when Jesus walked through the crowd, it's like, what, where'd he go? What? I I, I was, I I thought I had him, but you don't have him. He can't get you. Proverbs 26, 2. I like this verse. I know a lot of people might not like it, but it says, the curse causeless shall not come. See, a lot of people think they got problems in their life and they are having a pity party and they think it's somebody else's fault. Well, my daddy or my mama or the way I was raised or, you know, they always said this over me. I'm like, get over it. Get over it. But the curse causes shall not come. The curse does not come without a cause. When the curse comes, there's a cause and we're the cause. Something we've said, you can trace it. You can trace accidents. When accidents happen, we've done this before. If you just listen long enough to the family, they'll tell you something that they always said. Well, you know, she always said that she had died by the time she was 40. Well, right there. Hallelujah. Now we know why the curse came. Hallelujah. Somebody was speaking something, setting a spiritual law into motion, and nobody knew enough to dig it up. And so the curse, had a, the curse came because of a cause. And it's not because you was praying or you said, oh, he, the devil was just mad. You know, the devil's mad every day. He ain't just mad when you're praying. Right. He's not just mad because you had a fast or something. He's not. No, he's always coming to kill, steal, and destroy. But do we have a door open? The door we open is when we disobey God. Hallelujah. And he's able to block our blessing. He's able. To, God told Jerry Savell, To call the curse a blessing blocker. Start thinking of the curse as a blessing blocker. Now, God is not up in heaven cursing people. We need to establish that, and I think you know that in this church. He is not cursing people. Even if they did wrong, He's not cursing people. He is a God of mercy. Jesus was our intercessor. He was the mediator, and He's standing between us and God. God's not mad at us even when we do wrong. But the curse is already in the earth. It's been here since Adam fell. The curse is in the earth. It's already out there. It's already working. It's already operating. And so in our obedience, we we dodge the curse. In believing and in faith, we dodge the curse. I'm kept by the power of God through faith. Hallelujah. But when I am disobedient to God... I opened myself up for the devil to get through to me. Brother Hagin says, he, he always preached this on his tape. He don't say anymore, but he preached these. He said, in any time I got under physical attack, it was always when I disobeyed God. A lot of times God would tell him to do something like he would told him, you're not operating in the office of prophet enough. And he didn't act on that quickly and had an accident, fell, chipped his elbow, And the Lord said, well, because you didn't obey me. Amen. So disobedience blocks the blessings or keeps you in a financial rut. Keeps you in a financial rut, keeps you in a, you know, disobedience. We can see that so easy. If Naaman hadn't obeyed, hallelujah. If the lepers, the ten lepers that Jesus said, go and show yourselves to the priest, had they not obeyed, they wouldn't have got anything. Because obedience is what opens us up for the blessing of God to come in. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 28 verse 29. It says, And thou shalt grope at noonday as the blind gropeth in darkness, and thou shalt not prosper in thy ways, and thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled evermore, and no man shall save thee. Where it says they're spoiled evermore, it means giving the devil a right to steal everything. Giving the devil a right to steal from us. Sometimes we've done it with our mouth. But sometimes it's just we didn't obey. So right now, right now, not wait until tomorrow, not wait until someday. Right now, you need to ask the Lord, where have I been disobedient? Is there any place I've been disobedient? Because I don't think anybody's got the financial flow that they're supposed to have in this place. I can tell they don't. I can look at ties and say, nope, you don't got the financial flow you're supposed to have. Not for what we know in this church. Not for the revelation we have in this church it is really supernatural because we're not a large congregation numerically wise yet Yet, but hallelujah y'all may not know this because I know y'all don't keep up with some of this stuff but we've had the finest speakers there is no better speakers there's bigger churches are not having better speakers than we've had in this church. With the exception of Brother Copeland, Brother Savelle, we've never had them. But beyond that, the next tier down is right where we have those kind of speakers in this church. When we have Joe Morris and David Ellis and we've had Patrick Norris, a whole crew of people. But family, all the revelation that's needed to be walking in all the blessings of God and having overflow and is right here and all we need to be is an obedient people. And that's in the little things as well as the big things. Amen. We need to be an obedient people. I can tell you, just so you just put it out there, but I can tell you the Holy Spirit was grieved tonight. He was grieved the people that didn't come back, that came and saw a move of God this morning. And no, the Holy Ghost was here and didn't come back. Just caught up in the things of this world, caught up in stuff that don't make a difference. Won't change anything. Just caught up in things like mowing lawns and going to the movie and just things that don't matter. And the Holy Spirit's grieved about that. And it's disobedience. The Holy Spirit's saying, go, go. I want to do something in your life. I want to do more in your life. And he's saying, go. And they're saying, well, I got other things. Well, I'm not getting on to you because you're here. But I think we ought to know those things. Because sometimes we find ourselves in that position to make choices. To make choices. Hallelujah. To put things in priority. And you know, folks, it's always been the commandment and it's not going to change. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And there's not little, except when your kids got this going. Except when you're all right on, really needs mowing, Or you're fixing to go on vacation and you got 13 piles of laundry. Listen, when you're fixing to do something and you've got a lot to do, what do you need? You need the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost. And so many times we're working in the flesh and we're exhausted. I've never seen so many exhausted, stressed out women in my whole life. You can't find anybody that isn't taking something hardly. Because people are stressed out. And it's just one thing. It's just one thing, folks. God's not their priority. They need God. So ask where I've been disobedient. Ask God, where did I miss it? Where have I missed it? What have you told me to do I didn't do? Four ways to get out of the rut. Number one, I just talked about, put God first. Matthew 6.33 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness or his way of doing and being right. His system, the kingdom of God is a system. you got to seek first his system. His system comes first. You need to ask yourself, does God play a secondary role in my life? Is he second? And you know, in your prayer life, is God second? Do you pray? Is he first? Do you spend time with him? If God's second, you got a door open for the devil. If you're not doing what he's called you to do, you have an assignment. We have an assignment. I have an assignment. You have an assignment. I have an assignment. Something I'm supposed to be doing. Does God take every minute of every hour of every day? Well, no, he won't. He won't. But sometimes when you're getting started, it might feel like he is. Psalm 91.1. Psalm 91 one says he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high Shall abide under the shadow of the almighty I mean a lot of times boy we want all the benefits We want to be safe we want Psalm 91 But when's the last time you were dwelling in the secret place of the most high God When's the last time you stopped You stopped and spent some time with him Not some on the go time running to the grocery stores praying in tongues a little bit Hallelujah Hallelujah Not running in and, I need to do something with God. And you know, I can only preach this because I've been there. When my mind was not there. It was thinking about all I needed to do that day and all I needed to get done. Hallelujah. But no, if we want to dwell in safety, as we sang tonight, if we want to dwell in safety, we got to slow down. we got to say, no, stop. Hallelujah. I am going to seek first the kingdom of God. I'm going to spend some time with God today. This morning, hallelujah, tonight, quality time. Quality time means the best time you have. This is not giving God leftovers. And that's when we dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. And that's when we uh, hear His voice and we step around the, the stealing, killing, and destroying that's trying to come at us. The devil is trying to steal, kill, and destroy every one of us. Every one of us. And He is trying to steal your children, kill them, and destroy them. And just because they're breathing doesn't mean He's not stealing, killing, and destroying from them. And He's trying to steal financially from us. He's trying to block the blessings. And we need to hear God. The only way I can get unblocked is to hear Him. I need to hear God. I need to know what He wants me to do so I can do it. Amen. Number two. I need to live a godly lifestyle. Oh, the church of 2005 is being so challenged to hold the line and live godly. We are bombarded with TV and with movies that are, you know... And if you're like me, I was raised going to the movies. I mean, I was a movie generation. My Lord, my parents dumped me out the movie every Friday night most of my life. But I was raised going to the movie. And so you enjoy it because you remember the good times. But then you go and you look for something that'd be godly to watch. And it just doesn't. We got to live godly. So we got to ask ourselves is our lifestyle pleasing God? In the Old English, the word Holy Ghost means Holy Guest. And the Holy Ghost is always there. He's there when you go to the movie. He's there when you're watching on TV. He's there when you're online. You know, what we've got to start doing, and if we're not already, is we need to start thinking. If Jesus, if He was sitting right here in the flesh, would I be comfortable with Jesus watching this with me? That's the test it's got to pass we got to live a holy life. Leviticus eleven forty five, And living an unholy life, I think we'd be shocked what some of the churches watching the body of Christ I'm talking about and what some of the churches listening to and reading, my Lord, some of the novels and stuff that are out there. I don't know how people read them. And I love to read, but there's not much out there. I've thrown away books many times. Thrown away movies. Took them back. And we have a guardian on our TV and takes all the bad words out. For I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Ye shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. If we're living unholy, if we're practicing unholy things, our blessings are going to be blocked. It's just like, okay, do you have to give it up? No, not to go to heaven, but do you have to give it up to be blessed? Yeah. You want your blessings unblocked? There's going to be some things you can't see. You can't see everything that comes down the pike. Hollywood, there's a lot of trash. There's a lot of trash out there. So a disregard for God's standards of moral behavior will block your blessings. Titus 2.12. You know, it's more fun to just preach faith and believe that I don't have to change anything as long as I'm in faith. I can really do anything I want to. And I will grant you that faith is very important. And living holy without faith won't, won't get you there. You've got to have faith. And faith is important. But you can't just say, I'm going to just use my faith, and, but I don't have to live holy. No, we've got to live holy. Hallelujah. Titus 2.12. Titus 2.12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Now, you know, we can't tell you what to watch and what not to watch. You've got a Holy Spirit inside of you. Hallelujah. And when you're sitting there going, mm, uh, Oh, man, I wish they wouldn't have said that word. That's a good clue that you ought to turn it off. You know, the Bible talks about how Lot was... Uh, how he was tormented in his righteous soul living in Sodom. And I've watched movies before, sorry to say, that I felt the whole time I was kind of tormented watching it. I was kind of liking it, but I couldn't really enjoy it because I couldn't relax. And so finally I just, you know, got up and said, forget this. Just forget it. It's just not worth it. And, you know, there's been times that I've watched things and I repented later. One of the main things that I usually end up repenting over, I can tell you, is when I watch something that had fear in it. I'll get in the bed that night and I'll be like, the Holy Spirit will convict me for letting fear get planted in my heart. It's a sin to plant fear in your heart. It is. It is. And I guarantee you, you plant that stuff in your heart and one day when you don't even expect it and when you really don't need it, you'll have a crop of fear. And I'll tell you, I've been there. I'm one of those that has been there and been delivered from intensive fear. And I'm telling you, I don't think there's anything worse in this whole wide world. And a lot of people are having panic attacks and all sorts of things, but they're not even relating to the fact it's because they're planting fear in their hearts. And there's a lot of movies out there and there's even novels that are just full of fear. Would Jesus be comfortable doing what you do? Haggai 1. Verse five. Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts: Consider your ways. We have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Did you ever feel like you was putting your money into a bag with holes? That's called living paycheck to paycheck. None left over. Worked overtime. That month, and you'd think, oh, we're going to have some extra, none left over. Got a bonus that month, none left over. What did he say? He didn't say, have faith in God. He didn't say, stand against the devil. He said, consider your ways. That's what he said, consider your ways. No, the curse causeless shall not come. Consider your ways. We need to obey God. And sometimes it's a, it's a big obedience, and sometimes it's things that we would think wouldn't count. Like the Holy Ghost prompting us to run in church, and us sitting there saying, no, 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 no. Or like, and I've been there when I sit there and said, yeah, but what would they think? You know, it's not pretty. Faith is messy. Faith is messy. You know, faith is not pretty. It's not decent and in order. You know, in some churches, the religious churches, they say, we want everything to be done decently and in order faith is not always decent and in order hallelujah you know they wouldn't have said that the woman with the issue of blood that was pressing through that crowd and she was not even supposed to be out in public because she was considered unclean they would have said she's not being decent and in order she's not being decent she's not in order she's out of order hallelujah well faith's out of order sometimes Hallelujah. Because, see, faith will jump up in the middle of the service. Brother Hagin always used to say to us, when the light comes on, that's when faith came, and that's when you got to act right then. And sometimes the preacher's preaching, when the light comes on, and that's when faith came, and you better act right then. And the Holy Ghost will say, run around the room. And that doesn't look decent and in order. So even in those things, (laughs) we must obey God. Hallelujah. If we don't want to be there, we've got a bag with holes in it. Wrong behavior can hinder or delay or postpone or even negate your harvest. Don't help the devil block your harvest. The Holy Spirit is dealing with you about something to quit doing. Don't say, after the 15th, I'll do that. No, stop now. Stop now. Stop now. Ephesians 4, and 23, that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You know, the implication here is that we get saved, but we have to put off the old man. I mean, in our actions, in our soul, in our flesh. In other words, our flesh is still going to want to act like it's unsaved. And we have to put those things off. Hallelujah. The message translation says everything connected to the old way of life has to go. So, folks, I believe with what God is saying through the prophets of God, said it through Brother Oral Roberts, Brother Kenneth Copeland, those things that God is saying, I believe that it's time for the church to do some cleaning. It's some time to do some cleaning and get some things out of our life that don't need to be there. In Deuteronomy 7 verse 26 in the NIV says, Do not bring a detestable thing into your house. I'm examining myself. I've been examining my house. I'm considering my ways, I can tell you. I'm doing exactly what I'm telling you to do tonight. The third thing to get unblocked is to walk in love. John thirteen thirty four. Jesus said, I bring you a new commandment. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. And we're called to a love walk. Hallelujah. And that doesn't mean just being barely civilized. And we need to examine our hearts and see if there's any strife or unforgiveness in our hearts. You know, the Holy Ghost right now is telling us to judge ourselves, and He's peeling some flesh off. I know we're not to have strife of any kind. We're not to have strife in the church. I was thinking about that this morning. Pastor was talking about the upper room. And 120 people came and stayed 10 days. And Pastor said, it doesn't say they did anything. The only thing I thought about that it says they did was they were in one accord. I thought, my Lord, that's a miracle. 120 people stay out of strife for 10 days. In a room together. Lord, there'd be somebody, you're, you're sitting in my seat. Or it's hot in here. You know, you can get in strife. And you're not even in strife with people. You're just in strife with it being hot. Hot's oh, just so hot in here. And just getting strife because you're just out of sorts. And you're just in strife kind of with yourself. James 3.16, let's turn there. I know we have done that. Just gotten in strife with ourself. Getting strife with the weather. I'm just so tired of this rain. Well, it's just so dry. I wish it rained. Well, God just can't get us all happy. James 3.16. This is so important. Because we're talking about getting our blessings unblocked. Where envy and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. The devil can bring an evil work. He can block our blessings if we're in strife. Now, that can be in strife with one another. Husbands and wives need to stay out of strife. If you're tempted to get in strife, and you do get in strife, you need to get out quickly. You need to repent. You need to clear that up. I know Pastor and I are both strong personalities. Now, we're not in strife very much at all anymore. But there was a time in our younger days, even in the ministry, when there was big temptation to get in strife pretty often. Well, and you know, when our kids was home, they added a little bit to the stress. Mm-hmm. Kids just add to the stress of life. And, you know, it's easier to be not in strife when you're at home by yourself, isn't it, Mr. and Mrs. McDaniel? Hallelujah. And you kind of get where you kind of know how to walk around each other. Hallelujah. Pastor used to say hormones was a a factor and that used to make me so mad that get me in strife. But then I found out he was right. Hallelujah. We got to stay out of strife because it opens the door for the devil to block your blessings. And you know, we can be in strife at work. I tell you nothing worse than to work with a whole bunch of women. You ought to pray God to deliver you and let you work with all men because women can be in strife because they all got hormones. Well, you got to stay out of strife at work, you can get in strife with the TV. You can get in strife over something on the news. Well, I mean, I tell you, I made a woman, she got so upset, she got in strife the other day. Not with me, but I brought up the lawsuit right now that Dillard's has because they're charging more for black hair. You know, they're being sued because they say they charge more for black hair. And I just said, well, how about that lawsuit? By Lord that was her little button. I didn't know it. I said, I wouldn't have brought that up if I had known. She don't know the people. She's just in strife over the situation. You can get in strife with the government. You can get strife with politicians. You know, you, did you know you can? That still opens the door for the devil. So we got to put aside strife. In Mark eleven 25, y'all turn there. We got to get rid of unforgiveness that we cannot have any unforgiveness. This is not a day to have any unforgiveness. You see people on the news all the time whose loved ones have been hurt or killed or murdered. And I know it never ceases to amaze me because you see some that says, I've forgiven them. I've forgiven whoever did it. And you know, people like, how did you do that? And then you see some that says, I can never forgive them. They need to burn in hell. You know what? It don't matter whether they burn in hell or go to heaven. Strife eats you up. Doesn't do anything to the person you're in strife. And no matter how much you're in strife, I mean, how much you hate what they did, you got to leave the repercussions of that in the hands of God. God is the judge. Vengeance is His. He's going to take care of it. Ultimately, they're going to get just exactly what they have coming. It's already set, what He already knows. And it may look like they get by with it, but one day they won't if they're not supposed to. But then there's going to be some people that you're going to go, My Lord, God forgave them. You know? And they did some horrendous things. And then sometimes, you know what? You're not always right. There's people that even recently where we've heard uh, on the news where they got DNA proved that they had been there unjustly for 13 and 16 and 18 years in the pen. And DNA's proved that they is innocent. Hallelujah. You might be wrong. And so we got to be forgiving. And besides, unforgiveness is like tying a dead person to you and dragging them around with you all the time. And it'll eat your lunch, I can tell you. Now, in verse 22, Jesus talks to them about having the God kind of faith verse 23 and 24 he tells them how the God kind of faith works in verse 25 he says and when you stand praying forgive if you have ought against any that your father which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses but if you do not forgive neither will your father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses so he connects this to faith and he's teaching us here that if you don't forgive your faith's not going to work in other words your blessings are going to be blocked if you have unforgiveness in your heart now folks we need to examine our hearts we need to go deep on this and see if we have any unforgiveness in our heart Amen. Amen. hallelujah because you know we can have aught and it not be just on the surface i'm just mad and i hate them but something just kind of underneath where it's sort of a grudge a sort of a resentment and it's really not even there we gotta let the holy ghost shine his light we need to ask him lord am i having ought against any? He says you're not to have aught against any. I want you to notice he didn't say you're not to have aught against any person. Now, any would include persons, but did you know you can have aught against something that's not even alive? You can have aught, you can hate your house. That's to have an ought against any. I just hate this old house. Instead of being grateful and thankful that you don't live on the street. There are some folks that are living on the street. And so we ought to not have any ought against our house. And you know, I, the other day I was thinking about this ought against anything. And you can get mad. Did you ever get mad at one of the men you're out working on the car and you hurt your finger or something and you're mad at the wrench and throw it? You got ought against any. It's not a any person, it's a anything. You know, it's a thing. Well, I think about this, and the Holy Spirit brought up to me Leon. Now, Leon is the pool sweeper at our house. And the pool sweeper sometimes, his pastor's got him going, I don't know how to turn him off. And he goes along the bottom of the pool, and he sweeps the bottom of our pool. And we named him Leon because the Nodines had named theirs, and we thought, well, I guess you're supposed to name these things. I think when we did, we gave him a personality. and but I don't know he can be in the deep end of the pool sweeping and I can get in that pool and he makes a beeline for me. It makes me mad. And I don't know how to turn him off. So if pastor's not right there to go turn him off, I'm not kidding you, you'll be sitting there talking to somebody and Leon will come up and just brush against my leg and I just, oh my Lord, something got me, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm like, that thing, just... he's always after me. Don't matter where I go in this pool. If I go to the deep end, Leon comes to the deep end. You can have aught against any. You know, maybe it's the window in your car that doesn't do right. You know, and you have to slap it to make it roll up. Or it can be the computer. Did you ever get aught against any? And I literally have told pastor, if you don't do something... I am going to put this thing right out in the middle of 82 so that some truck. And then I will need a new computer. And so I got a new computer. You know, he doesn't want me to quit. The other day I buzzed his office upstairs and I said, I quit. He said, forever or just for the day? I said, just for the day. Hallelujah. I wonder what he would say. I could have got a raise if I would have said forever. Forever. No, we can, have, we can have ought against things. How, long, how many times have you gotten mad at your computer, gotten mad at your Internet service? Oh, hallelujah. You know, God dealt with me big. For two years, I've wanted to sell something on eBay because I thought, you know, I can do this. People are making, you know, 450,000 people are earning all or part of their living on eBay. And I'm like, man, I think I can get rich on eBay here. I can sell stuff and everything. So and I tried putting something on it. I didn't know how to move my pictures and all this kind of stuff. So Tab, her and Paul's going to come help me and they kept promising they would. And they would call me and say, can you you want us to do it today? And I was like, well, not today. This friend of mine from Birmingham, they came over one night. She said, I'll help you put that stuff on eBay. You've been wanting to put on. So I had this purse and so I listed on eBay and I told, did what she told me to do in seven days and this is the minimum bid and all this. Did all the stuff. And so I was watching it for the whole week and it was like I got six people watching and, you know, and everything. And so at the end of the auction came up and somebody had bought it for $11.50. And they had bought it and they was going to pay me seven fifty to ship it and everything. So I sent them their invoice. I sent the invoice to them. So I didn't hear from them. Four days go by, I don't hear from anything. I called Tabitha. What do I do? She said, email them. So I emailed her and said, you know, I need to hear from you. If you're sending me a check, let me know and, you know, all this stuff. Real nice. Didn't hear anything. Eight days. Had, still hadn't heard anything. I called Tabitha. What do I do? She said, tell them if you hadn't heard from them in 24 hours, you're turning them in for not paying. I sent them that email. Oh, boy, I heard back just like that. Now, here's what the lady told me. She said, please forgive me. Now, you've got to understand, the one thing I don't like more than any in this world, anything in this world is don't take advantage of me. That's my little thing. And I've got to get over that. I mean, I'm working on that. But if you want to reject me, that don't bother me. I don't care if you don't like me. I want you to. I'm not going to lose any sleep if you don't. You know, but don't take advantage of me. You know. This lady said, forgive me, my daughter bid on that purse without my permission. Sorry for any inconvenience. Please relist it and send me that email. I fired an email back to her so fast (laughs) because something revved up in me, and I said, I don't buy it. I said, you're responsible for your computer and your email account. If you do not pay within 24 hours, get turned in and get negative feedback. Of course, I was real quick to answer her. And then the Lord started saying about, you know, I've been dealing with you about walking in love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but Lord, I know that woman lied to me. Well, yeah, she did. I know she lied to me because Tabitha told me, go look and see what she's bought. Well, the same day she bought my purse, she bought three other purses and paid them immediately. What happened was is she bid on a bunch of them, didn't think she'd get all of them. And when she got all of them, she just chose the three she wanted most. And she had positive feedback, had paid immediately on three other purses. And I said, but Lord, she didn't tell me the truth. He said, yeah, but I want you to walk in love. And I said, yeah, but I think it'd be love to the other people out here. The all all the sellers on eBay that if I gave this woman some negative feedback which she had negative feedback and didn't pay one other time in 2003 and three of those Tabitha said and you're out three strikes you're out three times buy and don't pay and you're out and so I'm like don't you think Lord it would be love to everybody else that's selling on eBay for me not to let them fall in her little trap and he said yeah but I want you to walk in love so I didn't I didn't turn her in. I didn't even leave her any negative feedback. Well, hallelujah. See, you can have ought against somebody you don't even know. I don't know who S-B-I-O-R-N is. (laughs) If you're S-B-I-O-R-N, I don't know who this is, but you know you can have ought. You can have a grudge against something you don't know, somebody you don't know. Somebody up in a bill collector's office. You know, you can have uh, telemarketers. You can get in strife over telemarketers. I know because I have before. It's people you don't even know. The devil wants to use anybody or anything. He will use an inanimate object and get you in strife over it just so he can block your blessings. So we need to look to the Lord tonight. And we need to examine our heart. Because I believe that there's nobody that would take the time to come to Sunday night church that wasn't serious about God, that didn't want the blessings of God in their life, and wasn't searching for answers. Well, how do I get there? So let's, let's just take some time tonight. And let's look in our heart. And let's see if there's any odd against any. Let's see if there's any strife that's not been repented of. You know, if you've sowed a bad seed, you can dig it up just by repenting. You can stop the harvest. You can take away the devil's ammunition against you. Hallelujah. We need to look at that. We need to look and see that we're living holy lives. Hallelujah. And then we need to look and see Hallelujah. Glory to God. That we're that we've got God in his place that He's first in our hearts and He knows He's first. And you know, it just don't do a bit of good to pretend He's first if He's not. And you know, you can try to convince God of all sorts of things, but if it's not truth, He's not convinced and it's not going to change anything. So, Father God, we open our hearts to You tonight. And we ask You to show us what we need to see. Hallelujah. And Father, we thank You that You're the God of the breakthrough. And we believe with all our hearts that obedience causes breakthroughs to happen in our life. And Lord, not only that, but that obedience keeps the flow of flowing. So we thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And Lord, we just ask you for more of you. Lord, I know that we have all of you in our heart, but more manifestation, more demonstration of you, more hearing your voice. We just receive what you want to give us and what you, where you want to take us to.